Hello and welcome to my podcast, Conversations with Cornelius, where I, Cornelius Patrick O'Sullivan, discuss, chat and hypothesize on all things from fatherhood, marriage, comedy and everything else in between. From time to time, there will be special guests, but mostly it's going to be me and some regular contributors, including my main squeeze, Noelle Patricia O'Sullivan, a.k.a. The Wife. So sit back, relax and enjoy Conversations with Cornelius! Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and you are very welcome back to another episode, another edition of the award-winning, not award-winning, podcast, Conversations with Cornelius. I am your host, Cornelius Patrick O'Sullivan. And I am sitting in the John Hume War Room at one minute past eight on Sunday, sometime in June, the 12th of June. The 12th of June, um, ladies and gentlemen, I, uh, as I said, I'm sitting in the John Hume War Room. I'm having a little... little Some people now who have kind of... um, those noises, those noise afflictions to hearing people eat or hear people swallow will probably have turned off when I took a little gulp of my Barry's milky tea just there. And to those people I say I'm sorry, but they can't hear the apology because they have turned off, so I may as well retract it. So that apology is retracted due to the fact that they can't hear it and there's no point in apologising to someone who won't listen to you. Uh, even though I've often done that <laughs> and probably will continue to do so well into the future um, yeah I hope you're all well I hope you're all well uh, I want to first of all start this week's podcast by um, just giving a sincere and um, you know just a sincere thanks to everybody who has uh, who has been listening recently and who have been going out of their way to message me and Tag me on Instagram and like and uh, subscribe. Got a few sub- new subscribers, uh, and my numbers have have gone up. And I've been in the charts in Ireland, and it's kind of a buzz when you're in the charts. When you're when you're in the comedy charts, for me, it's a kind of a buzz. The charts consist of the top two hundred downloaded podcasts. So if you can get into the top two hundred, you're visible to, you know. You're visible to the world, which is kind of a cool thing. And I've broken into the top 100 quite a few times this year. And even once or twice, I broke the top 50, which was a bloody brilliant thing. An absolutely fantastic thing. But, I, you know, I want to say thank you to my guests as well, you know, because the podcast is only as good as the people that I'm talking to on it. <coughs> and my guests are fantastic. I've had some really interesting guests this year. Kyla Cobbler, Lorsie Love, or Lorna, uh, Laura O'Mahony. My wife, obviously, is a recurring guest. The Mind Guy has been on loads. Conspiracy John has been on. And, um, yeah, I just, uh, I just, I'm so thankful for all the friends and all, you know, all the support that I have on this podcast, on this podcast. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for the... I don't know that song. I was about to belt into a song that I don't know the answer. Or I don't know the lyrics to. Um, the Patreon is alive and well. If you're if you're enjoying the podcast and you want to support, um, there's a link in the description for the Patreon. Go in and have a look. 
copy the link go in and have a look uh, if you want to support me i've got some you know i've got a little bit of a back catalog of of podcasts exclusive for patrons there now i don't know maybe for six or seven episodes i don't know there might be less than that now so don't hold me to it but there are plenty of episodes up there anyway and uh, if you wanted to support me, it's from as little as five euros per calendar month. The price of probably the. Do you know what? If you if you were buying me a beer, you'd get forty cents change in my local here in Kilavullen, and you'd have. And there's no way you'd even be able to afford a beer for a fiver in Dublin. So, you know, you'd be you'd be kind of buying me a beer, which would be class. But um, yeah, what's happening in my life at the moment? Um, I've had one of the busiest. Seven days I've I've put down in quite some time. A very, very busy seven days. This day last week, Sunday last week, Cork were playing Louth in the All-Ireland GAA qualifier. Okay, I'm a big GAA fan, a big Cork supporter, and uh, I usually go, and I've talked about this uh, uh, in, in older episodes, I usually go to matches with the Ballyclaw Ultras which is a core group <laughs> of about, you know, between, yeah, about five of us that go to matches all the time. We call ourselves the Ultras. It's kind of an ironic, kind of, a, like, we're, we're pussycats, you know, and whereas Ultras is kind of a, you'd often hear hooligan groups in England called the West Ham Ultras or something like that, you know what I mean? So we, we, we kind of, it's, it's playful, it's playful. And, um, but last Sunday, Cork were playing Louth. It was on in Parky Cueve, which is only up the road. Parky Cueve has been developed into a, a, a like one of these global stadiums now. And um, I suggested to Noel that we go. Her and myself and the two boys. The two-year-old who turned three this week and the five-year-old who is, um, at the best of times, uh, you know, very difficult to manage when you're outside the home in terms emo- in terms of emotions. Harvey, as you all know, has Asperger's. He's, uh, he's on the spectrum. He's got autism. So we had to make a big plan for this. We planned it out meticulously. We made sandwiches. We had Harvey told what time we were leaving, where we were going, what we would be doing. And uh, we were playing Louth. Louth. The Wee County. That's what Louth is known as. That's their... Uh, that's their um, their nickname. Our nickname is the Rebels. The Rebels. Go on, the Rebels. Kerry is the kingdom, you know. Um, <coughs> so we were playing Louth. We had lost in the Munster Championship, and this was the back door. This is our. This is your last chance. It's knockout football, and uh, it's a game that I was thinking to myself during the week before before we decided to do it. Uh, it was a game I was thinking this could be a great opportunity now because. Their Cork footballers are not supported. They're just not supported, as well as the hurlers. And it's a shame because you know what? They're fucking. They bring as much joy, uh, really, as as the hurlers do, but in a different way. You know, I mean, and what they have to be respected for what they do. And I just think it's, I just think it's sad when uh, one team is is more heavily supported than the other team in a county. But anyway, that's a that's a story for another day. But I I did this. I I thought it would be a good day for us to go to that match because it wouldn't be um, you know it wouldn't be a massive crowd to be plenty of space for Harvey who has some sensory issues <coughs> we could find a kind of a quiet spot to sit down and watch it and all that kind of carry on anyway so we went to the game 
and um, we went in and everything went just perfect everything went absolutely perfect got a, got a parking space right outside the stadium championship parking now up on top of a footpath but parking space nonetheless in Ireland the guards are, are you know there's just a kind of an, uh, just I'm just talking out to the people that aren't from Ireland that listen to this podcast and they're like what, what the fuck is a GAA game <laughs> you know um, but it's like an American football game it's like it's uniquely Irish and um, there's a sense of tribalism about it but it's and when you're going to the games, the cops that are, you know, on the street, they, they're kind of, like, they're, they're generally throw a blind eye to, you know, throwing your car halfway up a fucking footpath or, you know, outside a, a gate that says, do not park here. That's all. You're, you're just, yeah, the match is over within, within an hour. You're going to be out of here within two hours maximum. So... You got yeah. There's a kind of a laissez-faire attitude to to parking for that for 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 championship matches, and it's kind of uh, universally expe- uh, uh, you know accepted that you know every space is up for fucking grabs. You know when you, when you're trying and like the closer you can get to the stadium with kids, the better. We got right outside the stadium, up on top of a footpath, and everything was going great. We had the boys in the colours, the car colours. I was feeling like this is a moment. I was getting all emotional, you know. I was looking at the boys every now and then, and just feeling emotional and uh, and loving it and embracing it. And I could see Noel was buzzing off <laughs> off of my emotional state. I don't know if you if you understand exactly what I'm what I'm saying, but uh, we were vibing. All four of us were vibing, and I was the fucking highest vibrator. <laughs> I was like a vibrator humming or purring, like I'm talking about a rampant rabbit. Well, no, that, let's not sexualize it, Cornelius. That's the comedian I mean now. I was looking for the fucking joke. Looking for the joke. Leave him laughing, Cornelius. Leave him laughing, I say. But anyway, we got in. We scanned. We no tickets now. It's so different to when I was a kid. Like, no tickets. Your phone. <laughs> I just handed, I just showed the, the guy a picture of a barcode on my phone. And boom. We were in into this modern monstrosity, but it's like it is. There's something hypnotic about the about these stadiums as well. There's definitely something hypnotic about them, almost chant-like, because the music echoes differently now to the way it used to years ago. And there's a little, there's a touch, there's a slight touch of corporate, the corporate world. Um, in Croke Park and it's kind of if I'm being honest it really is a little bit in Parky Cueve now but as as a spectator coming to watch the, watch uh, the sport it's amazing and as a and as a father or as a parent of uh, an autistic child it was absolutely amazing because as we move as we enter the stadium I could kind of I could even see in Harvey he was a little bit uh hands over his ears like kind of losing the rag a little bit too much too soon and anyway we got down and you could sit anywhere we we were surprisingly there was a lot more people at the game than I thought there was going to be now it was still a small crowd maybe maybe 10,000 uh, but I was thinking there might be four or five thousand at the game you know but uh, there was double that and Harvey had a kind of a bit of a moment where he was losing it so I didn't know what to do like where are we going to go home 
you know, we got so far, we got in the door, we're in here now, Hunter's here, I'm there, Noel's there, Harvey's there. Do you know, do we do we take him out of the situation or do we try and manage the situation? What's the what's the situ what's the what's the move here? What's the fucking move? Um, with your child, you're you're trying to assimilate him into the world as best as you possibly can, but now you have to cater for his his these for his needs. These are needs that you don't have, but they're needs of my neurodivergent child. So I looked around. I was looking for. I was looking for space. I was looking for because, like, he he needs quietness sometimes. I know what you're thinking. Don't bring a fucking autistic child to a match where they're roaring and shouting. But they just because you're autistic, it doesn't mean you can't enjoy live sporting events. You know, um, you just need to l- learn how to manage them so that you can enjoy them. So I was looking around and I saw these seats in between, like in between the tiered seats, I saw this little section that jutted out and that was covered and all the seats were individualized. Well, they were in pairs. There was like maybe a block of about 10 of these um, seated areas with six chairs in each, all in pairs, two, four, six. So I walked up to the steward and I said, look, I have a son below there and... um, he is he's autistic and he's just not reacting well is there any chance we could just go in here and straight away he was like absolutely no problem that's what this area is for and he pulled back the rope and i ushered the kids up and he couldn't have been nicer and and throughout the throughout the game then you know i'd look over at him he'd look or he'd catch my eye or i'd catch his eye and it was a kind of annoying glance and um i just thought wow wow this is different this is different. This wasn't around when I was going to matches when I was nine and ten with my dad. This is different. This is catering for, you know, people with different needs. And then throw as the, we got closer and closer to the game, <coughs> all these blocks started to fill up with parents who had kids, um, who presumably were you know on the spectrum, and had sensory issues or noise issues or whatever issues they had but and all, and there was actually also adult uh uh adults uh who had difficulties who were there as well and it was such a safe place really safe place to watch the game and bonus fucking great view for dad <laughs> Great view for that. I got to see the game in a fucking kick-ass place. So fucking tip of the cap, tip of the cap to the GAA, and whatever way they, whatever way the planning is was done for for Parky Cueve, there is a definite, there was a definite thought of of people who want to not den- not deny their children an opportunity. You know, so anyway, the match, we sat down, uh, Noel sat with Hunter and I sat with Harvey and there was a gap of about maybe two feet between us, maybe three feet between us. And the game was on maybe a minute and Hunter then started to have a meltdown. So Noel took out her phone, put on, I don't know, Teletubbies or something like that. And Hunter had that. He was watching Teletubbies. And then once Harvey saw that, he decided that he wanted to watch <laughs> Netflix or some fucking Bob the Builder thing. So he took my phone and he was watching, uh, what was he watching? PJ Masks. 
<laughs> right? So he's watching PJ Masks, Hunter's watching Teletubbies, and uh, trying to get off Noel's lap. And I'm there roaring at the ref, roaring, telling him he's a blind fucking bollocks and get off our back and all this kind of stuff. Being a, just a, a GA dad caught in the moment of the match. And I, again, I f- there was a few times throughout the game and like I, I like I try I try and stay present in football matches because I think especially in inter-county matches there's an energy inside in the fucking stadiums lads when you're surrounded by like-minded people willing the same thing and wanting the same thing and every time there's a score or there's a foul or something like that you're all reacting instinctively the same way and there's a kind of a yeah we're in this together kind of a vibe and fuck it come on da fuck come on there levels ah oh, fuck off ref you're right in us all eh? get off our fucking back you bastard Jesus Christ almighty ref fucking hell what a all right, oh sorry, that's free to us. Oh sorry, <laughs> good man, ref, good man. You know, uh, you get caught up in it. You get caught up in it. But I'm, I've been trying to stay present more so that you don't lose the run of yourself. And then I'm, I've, I've noticed myself watching around and taking joy, looking at as the matches are are going on. And I've been at a good few games this year. Uh, I, I'll stop watching the game every now and then, and I'll just watch a part of the crowd watching as if and they're just all moving their faces in unison and if if something exciting is happening in the, happening in the game you and you're watching you know a crowd of 100 faces you're seeing the excitement be painted onto their faces live as whatever's happening on the pitch now don't get me wrong i really am interested in what's going on on the pitch but i'm just trying to derive different types of enjoyment now from these occasions and um I, th- I just think it makes it a little bit more richer, you know. So uh, as we were sitting there watching the game, every now and then I would do this and I would focus in on, you know, maybe a section of the crowd or sometimes I'd, I'll just watch two players. I'll just watch like a corner back and a corner forward marking each other. And I'll just watch those two players for six minutes or seven minutes of a game, watching the runs, watching the blocks, watching the shots, watching them standing still while the play is unfolding uh, elsewhere, you know, and I particularly love watching, you know, um, corner forwards and corner backs because there's always a little cat and mouse kind of game going on. In Gaelic football and hurling, you know, a lot of the play is, is out the field, but essentially most of the scores come from the inside line. So watching that is always, it's always beautiful to watch it. And at inter-county level, you're watching the best of the best. You know, and I'll find myself watching that for five minutes, watching a crowd for five minutes, you know. But the last day, then I found myself just acknowledging and kind of watching my family uh, as the game was going on. And I, I found myself looking over at Noel, and she's hopping Hunter up on her knee, and just watching like just motherhood. And like she was so caring around Hunter. And, you know, like getting out sandwiches for the boys and, you know, doing all the mundane, boring fucking shit jobs that have to be done to fucking get through the day. Like, you know, sandwiches and fucking there's nappies and changing nappies and, you know, someone cries and you're getting a dody and, you know, do you want a drink? Do you need to take someone to the toilet? All these things. And I was just kind of just watching it and, and appreciating it as it was happening. And... Then my focus turned to Harv, and Harv is on my knee, and he's watching YouTube, and I started to talk to him to try and get him to engage in the game, and he was like, no, Dad, I'm watching PJ Masks. Who's your favourite? Mine is Alette. <laughs> All right. And 
what do you think of Brian Hurley in Full Forward? Who? Does he like all that, Dad? <laughs> but that's it. Like they had, like Harv has an American accent, and everyone thinks, "Oh, he's an American accent." You must have him in front of the television all the time, and you're not right. <laughs> you're not, you're not one hundred percent right. <laughs> okay, he's not in front of the television most of the time. We, I, we we spend a lot of time with the television off, but it's just a trait that um, that uh, some autistic kids have, you know. Um, and it's just interesting. Some of these things are funny. Like that's a, that to me is amazing. Like that you'd have an you, that you'd have an American accent, whether you've been watching you know hev heavily Americanized television or not. Just interesting. But anyway, <coughs> <coughs> the game itself was very cat and mouse. Loud set up very defensively. Cork had to push on them, and um, with the la and with you know maybe ten minutes to go. Uh, Cork started to peel away and then this happened Harvey got sick of his phone right he got sick of his phone with about 10 minutes to go and he said I'm sick of this and he does that sometimes and he paused it and I took the phone off him and I put it down on the ground beside us and for about 90 seconds he tuned into the game into the rhythm of the game that was unfolding in front of us and I knew this because I was in the rhythm of the game and I was watching the ball going left and going right and going up and going down and men belting off each other. And I was listening to crowd going, ah, for fuck's sake, Raph. And, you know, predominantly Cork crowd roaring on Cork to success. Come on to fuck. Come on to fuck. And um, I, I could feel him in that rhythm for this very brief moment. And suddenly we broke away and broke right up the, to the other end of the field. And the game had been very tight. There was only a pint or two in it. And a ball came across to Brian Hurley. And he fucking buried it into the back of the net. And myself and Harv, he was sitting on my knee. As it was coming in, I was like, come on, Harvey, knock it into Hurley, knock it into Hurley. And Harvey was shouting with me. He was like, come on, Cork, come on. And then bang, back of the net. And myself and Harv erupted erupted like fucking two salmon springing out of the black water to fucking catch a summer fly majestically fucking jumping into the air screaming our heads off roaring come on cork and what and whatever way i sat down i i, I was kind of just instinctively uh like probed myself to be present acknowledge this acknowledge what's going on and i did and as i sat down i just glanced across and noel had seen it all happen. And I could fucking see she was delighted. She was delighted. Because when we were put up there, when we, st well not put up there, when we went up there, when we sat up there, she was quite emotional, you know? Because it's hard. It's hard for her. It's hard for parents, you know? It's hard for parents. Um, it's obviously way harder for the autistic children. Really, really hard for those guys. But it's hard for parents. And she, I saw her looking, looking at me, and oh, lads, my heart melted. My heart melted. It was fucking amazing, amazing. <sighs> and then um, I'd say maybe ten or twenty seconds passed, and he was like, "Actually, Dad, I think I kind of want to go back on my phone again." <laughs> I was like, it's not your phone, it's my fucking phone, but go on. So, and he went back on it, and um, we won the game. And afterwards, we walked out onto the pitch, out onto Parky Gweave, just for a small bit out onto the pitch. 
and uh, we soaked it up, soaked it up, and then we we left and got back into the car that was parked above on the footpath right outside the stadium, and we went home, and it was beautiful, and I was buzzing all week from it. All week long I was buzzing from it. And I was telling anybody who I was with, I was telling them the experience. I was, I, I, I was, it was like I was transferring joy, my joy, into someone else every time I, I told them about it because I wanted to share it. Because I, like it was 90 seconds out of the whole day that he, that he just tuned in, you know. Just those, and, and we, and something magical happened within those nights. And that's sport, you know. You, you, it's just oh, it was so beautiful and I'm still buzzing from it so um, then we we were drawn then we, we went into the draw Cork went into the draw then on Monday and we drew Limerick Limerick in the football and you might think that's a handy draw now right but Limerick beat Clare this year and Clare are into the All-Ireland quarter-final after beating Ross Common yesterday and Limerick were beaten narrowly by Tipperary, I think was it two years ago? Tipperary went on to win the Munster final and get up as far as the All-Ireland semi-final. So they're a, they're a team that are possibly underestimated, but no doubt they were, they were still a team that everybody wanted to be drawn against because on paper they're weak, but I knew it was going to be a battle. So today I decided not to go with my family and to go with a couple of friends instead the Ballyclaw Ultras. Not all of us. Some of us had other commitments, and that's life. L- life happens, you know, especially when you've got, you know, you've got work and you've got kids. You know, life happens, and you can't always just be able to go to these things. But we're look. I'm lucky to have, you know, some childhood friends that have similar interests, and enough of them that, you know, I'm able to share going to matches share those experience uh, those experiences with those humans all down through the years and then we met up today we were playing limerick drove up and uh, we went in the pub beforehand and i was driving because i had to collect the boys straight afterwards because noel had to go in to meet her mom in hospital long story won't get into that but uh i wasn't drinking anyway but we still went for a pint had a heineken zero out in a beer garden in the venue in black rock myself and uh, two two buddies and one of the buddies' sons. I won't give away their names just to protect their identity. Let's call them uh, Brad Pitt and Bruce Willis. And it was just grand old banter-like. Just great old banter. And we were talking, here are a few war stories here and talking about the game. And we had one or, I think we I had a pint of Heineken Zero and a bottle of Heineken Zero. And we made our way into the match and got uh, an old seven up and a pack of potatoes and a bar of chocolate and a program. And I sat down <coughs> with the boys and I, we, I was in the opposite side of the stadium to where I was last week. And I could see where I was sitting from where I was sitting, obviously. And it just, as the, as the game was starting, I was kind of transferred back to last week to that match. And I just, I just, again, like, it was just a f- an unbelievable warm feeling that just fucking enveloped my body. And it was, today was different. Today was different. But it was totally 
and utterly beautiful <laughs> nonetheless but only in a different way going to fucking matches is a religious experience if you sit back and really just take hold of what it is today's experience was it was just so different like to, to last week i went with two grown men and and a 12 year old boy and we sat around we drank some pints and then when we and then when we got into the stadium we were analyzing the game and we were watching runners and we were fucking roaring losing the head fucking a, f- a few shouting a few fucks in at the ref and you know excited about the 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 possibility of winning at half time and if we do win where are we going to go it's our last match there's no way we're going to win the quarter final jesus christ what about if we draw dublin dublin it'll hammer us you know, uh, Jesus Christ, what's the best opportunity? Will, where, where's the game going to be played? If we're drawn against Clare, will it be on in Galway or will it be on in Limerick? Transpires anyway, the game is on at Croke Park in two weeks' time. But all these ex- all these questions, all this excitement, all talking about these are the best days of our lives and this great, aren't we? Isn't it fantastic to be out and about and in with a shout and have eyes and ears to watch this and to be here and to experience this? There was a lot of gratitude there was a lot of gratitude now that I think about it because I'm fresh from that that just happened a few hours ago um, a lot of gratitude and anyway the game the game went on and at half time we were up a point and we looked better we looked more threatening and they looked they looked good in patches but they, they lacked a forward Limerick lacked a forward they lacked a clinical forward their centre forward was decent and he got an absolutely unbelievable goal probably contender for goal of the year but they didn't have a forward that was you know able to grab the game by the scruff of the neck score one six one seven. you know um, at that level you have to have someone who's able to do that <coughs> they don't have one we were up a point at half time and then the second half was touch and go and tit for tat and tit for tat and tit for that and then about 10 minutes in Limerick got a black card and they were reduced to 14 men and for the next 10 minutes Cork t- transformed into a different team and just battered them and we scored 1-3 in those 10 minutes but the goal came that was it, the goal was something beautiful because we were applying pressure applying pressure applying pressure and then the ball ended up in Brian Hurley's hands and bang back at the net or that wasn't Brian Hurley, what's his name? Oh, Christ. Brian Hurley got the second goal. What's his name? What's his name? Let me have a look here. Let me have a look. Cahill O'Mahony. And the goal Cahill O'Mahony got was absolutely unbelievable. And when it happened, I, myself, and Brad Pitt and Bruce Willis jumped up like we were 12-year-old boys, exactly like the 12-year-old boy who was sitting with us. And myself and Brad turned to face each other and gave each other a fucking instinctive hug. A manly hug. You know? And there was fierce love in the hug. There's no way we would ever tell each other we love each other. And if we do, there's drink involved and there's fucking half missing. There was a fucking hug in it. And it was a great, it was great power transferred into my body. And I fucking transferred loads of power into his body from that hug. Do you ever hug someone and feel great after it? You can't beat a good hug, lads. A good hug, a heartfelt good hug is worth its weight in gold. Yeah. Anyway, we're into the All-Ireland quarterfinal. It's on in Cork, it's on in Parky, or it's on in Croke Park in two weeks' time. 
And the ultras are already talking about it. I think there's going to have to be a trip. I think there's going to have to be a trip. And uh, because it'll probably be the last one of the year. And I can't wait for it. These matches are giving me life. I remember, I remember the dark days of lockdown and I remember thinking to myself on those days, Jesus Christ, will I ever go to a game again? What will it be like? Will the rules be forever changed? Will we all be wearing masks? Will we all sitting two feet away from each other? You know. But today, in the sunshine, in Parky Cueve, on the 8th of fucking June, when a 20-year-old man from Mitchellstown kicked a leather ball into the back of the net, I jumped for joy, and I hugged one of my good friends. Lads, thanks a million for listening to this week's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I certainly enjoyed rambling on about about it anyway. And uh, look after yourselves, lads. Look after yourself. And whatever you do, stay in by the wall.